welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. In this conference, we will examine some characteristics of the miraculous image itself, and we will discover how they, too, reinforce the hopes and joys of the Advent and Christmas seasons. Before getting into the image, it is only fair to point out that plenty of critics have denied the authenticity of the events and the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. These critics bring various arguments to bear in order to claim, basically, that the whole story was invented so as to trick the native Mexican people into becoming Christians. Many Catholics have responded to those arguments and criticisms through in-depth research and investigation. And although some faith-motivated interpretations of the image do seem to make some exaggerated claims, the research in general is quite convincing in its support of authenticity. The canonization of Juan Diego in 2002 and the insertion of the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe into the Church's liturgical calendar show that the official Catholic position is accepting of the authenticity though the Church's main concern is the message contained in these events and image. Nevertheless, as with all approved Marian apparitions, the Church doesn't put its veracity on the level of dogma. Catholics are certainly not required to believe in Our Lady of Guadalupe or Our Lady of Lourdes or Our Lady of Fatima with the same divine faith that we have regarding God's revelation in Christ of dogmas like the Incarnation, the Resurrection, and Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Here is how the Catechism explains the value of approved private revelations like Our Lady of Guadalupe. Throughout the ages, there have been so-called private revelations, some of which have been recognized by the authority of the Church. They do not belong, however, to the deposit of faith. It is not their role to improve or complete Christ's definitive revelation, but to help live more fully by it in a certain period of history. Guided by the magisterium of the Church, the sensus fidelium, common sense of the faithful, knows how to discern and welcome in these revelations whatever constitutes an authentic call of Christ or His saints to the Church. You can learn more about the various criticisms and investigations from the books listed in the further reading section at the end of this conference. For now, let's take a look at the most evident symbolism contained in this amazing image and see how it continues to reflect and reinforce the Christmas message. Let's begin with the background elements. We can see clearly that Mary is shown standing in front of the sun. The rays of the sun shine out from behind her, creating a kind of halo all around her. At the same time, she is shown standing on top of the moon, which is in a crescent phase. These two features immediately identify the figure with the woman referred to in the book of Revelation. A great sign appeared in the sky, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child and wailed aloud in pain as she labored to give birth. Catholic liturgy and Catholic spiritual writers throughout history have seen in this biblical passage a reference to the Blessed Virgin Mary, as well as a reference to the Church itself, of which Mary has always been considered a theological type. From a biblical perspective, the sun, the moon, and the stars show the cosmic repercussions of the coming of Christ. 
in the eyes of the Mexican natives who first beheld Our Lady of Guadalupe, it would have meant something much more concrete. They may not have been familiar with the biblical passage from the book of Revelation, but they were very familiar with the sun and the moon. As a pre-industrial advanced civilization, their entire worldview was built around the seasons and rhythms of the agricultural year, which were measured through solar and ritual calendars. As a pre-secularized pagan culture, their religious practices and beliefs were intricately intertwined with that same worldview. They recognized their dependence on the forces of nature, which were beyond their control. And so they attributed divine powers to the indicators of these forces, the sun and the moon. Some native beliefs saw the sun and the moon as being gods who were constantly in conflict, and religious sacrificial offerings were made to help sustain the sun in that cosmic battle. In this context, the third element of the background, the angel beneath the supporting moon, whose many-colored wings are shaped like the wings of an eagle, is also significant. The eagle was a sacred bird for the Aztec people, the leaders of the empire that ruled over Mexico at the time. It had a mythological role in Aztec origins and an ongoing role in Aztec worship. All these natural and symbolic elements are subordinated to and harmonized by the figure of Mary in the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. For the native Mexicans, this would have spoken eloquently about the relationship between their ancient religious worldview and the new view being proposed by Christianity. The Christian worldview wasn't threatening to destroy the hopes of their ancient civilization, but rather it was bringing their hopes to fulfillment and even surpassing them through a new, more complete revelation of divine truth. Here is how a native Mexican expressed this meaning during an interview in Modern Times. With the harmony of the angel who holds up the heavens and the earth, a new life will come forth. This is what we received from our elders, our grandparents, that our lives do not end, but rather that they have a new meaning. This is what we celebrate today on the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, the arrival of this sign of unity, of harmony, of new life. But the eloquent symbolism doesn't end there. When we turn our attention to the figure of Mary herself, we can see how almost every detail is loaded with meaning from the native Mexican point of view. First of all, the blue-green cloak decorated with stars would have reminded the Mexicans of the blue mantle decorated with emeralds, symbolizing the heavens, which was worn by the Aztec emperor. The virgin's tunic, on the other hand, more earthly in color and decorated with flowers, symbolized the earth. That the angel beneath her holds the ends of both garments shows that her authority and her message embrace the entire universe, the entire cosmos. Next, we turn to the dark ribbon tied above the virgin's waist. We can see the ends of it hanging below her folded hands. This was a typical feature of women's clothing among the Mexicans, but it was usually worn lower, around the waist itself. It was only worn higher up, as in the case of this image, when a woman was pregnant. This clearly emphasizes Mary's role as mother, the Advent mother, patiently awaiting the birth of Jesus. But who is her child? This too appears in the symbolism, through the flower outlined exactly underneath the ends of the dark ribbon, over Mary's womb. Three types of floral images decorate Mary's tunic. 
an isolated eight-petaled flower, which appears eight times, a symbol of birth and new life, a flower cluster, including a curved stem and triangular blossom, which appears nine times, and a four-petaled jasmine flower, which appears only once. It is this flower that adorns the portion of Mary's tunic covering her womb, and its many-layered symbolism for the native peoples would have clearly indicated the uniquely divine nature of this woman's child. It's interesting to note that all these floral designs are two-dimensional. They don't undulate with the folds and the shadows of Our Lady's clothing, which is depicted in three dimensions. This detail indicates that they are more than just decorations. They are actually reminiscent of a form of pictographic writing used by the Mexicans in that time period. These pictographs would be placed on square pages and be read from different angles. The flower cluster on Mary's tunic, for example, could symbolize civilization by its similarity to a hill near a river. But viewed from a different angle, it could also symbolize a heart with its artery connected to the Virgin's mantle, a clear reference to divine life coming to earth through Mary's mediation. The jasmine flower isn't the only link to Jesus in the image. Around Mary's neck, we also see a small brooch decorated with a black cross. Missionaries at the time preferred to use empty crosses when they spoke about Christ's passion and resurrection because they thought that a crucifix might confusingly evoke memories of human sacrifices used in the Aztec religion. Above the brooch, Mary's face offers a tranquil and respectful countenance, emphasized by the tilt of her head and the averted glance of her eyes both gestures indicating to the Mexicans that this celestial figure of Mary is offering a hospitable welcome to the viewer while clearly not claiming to be divine herself. This humility also appears in the position of her feet and of her hands. Mary's hands, for the Spaniards at the time and for the Mexicans who had already had contact with the missionaries, would have clearly indicated that she is at prayer. But in traditional native religious practices, prayer was not only expressed in words and song, but also in movement, in solemn dance. The image shows Mary engaging in this kind of prayer as well. She is shown lifting one knee in what would have clearly been interpreted as a dance step. Mary, manifested in the image as a heavenly queen through her imperial garb and cosmic symbols, is also shown as the humble handmaid whose queenship clearly flows from her beautiful worship of and submission to God. Finally, the color of her skin is also remarkable. Mary shows herself to be what is called mestiza. That is, her skin is a mixed color, not so light as the typical Spaniard and not so dark as the typical Mexican. She shares the characteristics of both ethnic groups. Here again we see Mary building a bridge between cultures, harmonizing in her image the differences that were threatening to tear apart this society in the aftermath of the Europeans' arrival to the New World. Through all these visual elements, Our Lady of Guadalupe is helping to translate Christ and the Christian message into a language that could be understood and savored by the native Mexicans. The miraculous image's attention to so many details 
makes its appearance very similar to the appearance of Christ at the first Christmas, when God unmistakably revealed his care and his interest in each one of us simply by becoming one of us. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.